0: Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Well Church Saturdays podcast. We pray that you enjoy this message and that it creates a well of hope in your life today.
1: I'm so grateful you guys are here this morning. Go ahead and open up your Bibles to Romans chapter 1. We're a few weeks into the year 2024. It's still fun to say 2024, The first Sunday of the year, we started talking about, together agreeing, that we would make 2024 a year that we were intentionally grateful. Not just saying thank you for things being done for us, which we should continue to do, but the standard of our gratitude, the standard for our gratitude was going to be determined by looking at how people in the Bible express gratitude to God. And that should be the example of some of the things that we're doing. And I asked each of you to rank, and not say it out loud because your number might be different than our experience, to rank your gratitude, the way you live thankfulness in your life on a scale of 1 to 10. And then we started to assess how we could increase our gratitude, our thankfulness, We also started looking into that gratitude scale that someone else made. And it's not the 67th book of the Bible. It is a scale that a man made. I don't want to give it to you for bondage. I want to give it to you for a tool to help you assess. This guy made a scale based on the life of David. And we talked about how David in the Psalms was not just grateful on a scale of 1 to 10. If we put him on our scale, he'd be like a 10 million. And he wasn't just grateful by saying thank you. He actually had actions that accompanied his gratitude. And we looked at three of those actions last time we talked. So before we review that, before we get back to the scale to look at the end of it, I opened that message, the first message of this year, with a statement. And I stated that the biggest problem in our world today was unthankfulness. And then I said, I would back that statement up with Scripture. And when I reviewed my notes, I realized I didn't. And you all came back. We're going to do that today. So you already should be in Romans 1. It starts with a greeting to the church in Rome. And then Paul talks about his desire to visit. And verse 16 is one that every one of us should be familiar with. And it reads, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God To salvation for everyone who believes. But today we're gonna focus on verses 20 to 31. Now there's some hard stuff in this verses. I thought about skipping over some of it, but we're just gonna go through it all because we can handle it, right? Starting in verse 20, here we go. There are things about him people cannot see, his eternal power, and all the things that make him God. But since the beginning of the world, Those things have been easy to understand by what God has made. So people have no excuse for the bad things that they do. Verse 21, they knew God, but they did not give glory to God or thank Him. They did not give glory to God or thank Him. Their thinking became useless. Their foolish minds were filled with darkness. They said they were wise, but they became fools. Is this starting to remind you of the culture around us? They know there's a God. Now, I know I've told you guys this before. Uh, My mother's father, I called him Pop. Pop was in World War II. He was involved in D-Day. He said the day before there were atheists. The day after there were no atheists. So if you're in a situation where you're faced with your mortality... You know there's a God. Just think about, as I read these rest of these verses, if this reminds you of the culture today. So verse 22 again, They said they were wise, but they became fools. They traded the glory of God, who lives forever, for the worship of idols made to look like earthly people, birds, animals, snakes. Now, most Americans aren't worshiping statues in their backyard, but they are worshiping the creation, the comforts, the other things that creation offers. And then verse 24, it says, "'Because they did these things, God left them and let them go their sinful way, wanting only to do evil. As a result, they became full of sexual sin, using their bodies wrongly with each other. They traded the truth of God for a lie. They worshiped and served what had been created instead of the God who created those things, who should be praised forever. Amen.'" So verse 26 goes on to say, because people did those things, God left them and did, let them do the shameful things they wanted to do. Women stopped having natural sex and started having sex with other women. In the same way, men stopped having natural sex and began wanting each other. Men did shameful things with other men, and in their bodies, they received punishment for those wrongs. So remember, this all started because we didn't acknowledge there was a God and we weren't thankful. Verse 28, people did not think it was important to have the knowledge of God. So God left them and allowed them to have their own worthless thinking and to do the things they should not do. They are filled with every kind of sin, evil, selfishness, hatred. They are full of jealousy, murder, fighting, lying, and thinking the worst about each other. They gossip and they say evil things about each other. They hate God. They are rude and conceited, and they brag about themselves. They invent ways of doing evil. They do not obey their parents. They are foolish. They do not keep their promises, and they show no kindness and mercy to others. They know that God's law says those who live like this should die, but they themselves only continue to do evil things, and they applaud others who do them. So, everything in that list, and that was quite a list, started with two things. Denying there is a God and not being grateful to Him. So, 20-some years ago, I was in a communist nation as a missionary. And one of the things that communism teaches is that only dumb, uneducated people believe in a God. And I think maybe that mindset has come here. That the smarter someone is, They can think of ways to deny the existence of God. So, right now, educated Americans act like that. And if we want to see change in our nation, it will begin with people acknowledging there is a God and being grateful to Him. So, we're focusing on being thankful this morning. But before we do, maybe we should out loud acknowledge there is a God. You guys want to say it with me? There is a God. And we all know that or we wouldn't be here. And I would like you to consider the list of sins we just read in Romans 1. There are people that say there is a God that even follow Jesus and still do things on that list. Not just the little things, but the things we would consider big things. And consider this, if the path to sin is denying the existence of God and not thanking Him, then it's possible we can close the door to that sin in our lives by acknowledging Him and increasing our thankfulness. It's at least worth a try. So uh, a few weeks ago when we did this, we looked at 2 Corinthians 2.14 a lot, and it's kind of the core crux of this message. If you want to turn there, you can. It says, Now thanks be to God, who always leads us to triumph in Christ, and through us diffuses the fragrance of His knowledge in every place. And as we looked at this verse in lots of different versions, we made some connections. And one of the connections is this weirdness about diffusing the fragrance. Some of the uh, Bible verses said, even said the odor or the aroma. And most of us would acknowledge that when we smell an odor or an aroma, it's not usually a good one. So what we're saying here is there is an actual aroma When we, the people of God, are thankful to Him, when we're thankful in whatever situation we're in, that aroma will actually attract people to Him. So, by increasing our thankfulness, it's almost like turning on a a big billboard that says, Come to Jesus, as people interact with you. So, now thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of His knowledge in every place. So, the knowledge of God comes to people through the thankfulness of God's people. Now, we also talked about how the word triumph is not just an old motorcycle. It's actually the word victory, to prevail, to receive an honor, to celebrate victory or success boastfully. That's what it says in the dictionary. So God is always leading us to victory. And then we said there must be a connection between the level of victory we see and the level of thankfulness we have. And then we had the chicken or the egg question. We said, did our victory come first and cause us to be thankful? Or were we thankful and then the victory came? And we decided that it's probably a cycle. So we decided that it was actually a cycle. You came to Jesus. He saved you. He washed you from your sins. And you became thankful. And as your thankfulness increased, you started to see more victory. Again, we're not using thankfulness as a currency where we're manipulating God, but we've noticed there's a cycle that as we're thankful, we see victory. And also, our thankfulness, we decided, transcends time and space. There's not a lot that we can do that does that. Worship is one of the things that does that, but we are thankful for what God did in our past, we're thankful for what He's doing in our present, and because we know He's got good things for our future, we're thankful for our future. So our thankfulness can actually go out into our future and pave the way for what God wants to do. So if you want to increase your level of victory, increase your expressions of gratitude. So here's a question. Which came first, your victory or your thankfulness? David and I think it works both ways. Turn over to Psalm 43. This should sound very familiar. Then I will come closer to your very altar until I come before you, the God of my ecstatic joy. I will praise you with the harp that plays in my heart, my God, my magnificent God. Then I will say to my soul, don't be discouraged, don't be disturbed, for I fully expect my Savior God to break through for me. Then I'll have plenty of reasons to praise Him all over again. Yes, He is my saving grace. Sound a little familiar? Yeah. Yeah. Then I'll have another reason to praise Him all over again. So we are grateful for the victory we receive, and we are grateful for the future victories that we will receive because we are grateful. And if we're going to increase our expressions of gratitude, we need a correct assessment of where we are on a scale of 1 to 10, which we started a few weeks ago. So let's review the steps we went over. We covered three of them. You could call it four because we said zero. There was a zero on our scale of one to 10, and that was just, I am not grateful for anything. I am ungrateful. And then we looked at Psalm 111, verses one and two. I'll read it to you. You can turn there if you want, and determine this is probably the lowest level of Thanksgiving, the start, and we called it a one or a two on our scale. And this is it. This is where thankfulness starts. It says in verse 1 of Psalm 111, I will thank the Lord with all my heart as I meet with His godly people. And that's what's happening here this morning. Godly people coming together. And what should this group of godly people be doing as we meet together? It should be praising the Lord. And then verse 2 says, How amazing are the deeds of the Lord, all who delight in Him, should ponder them so all who delight in the lord should do what ponder the deeds of the lord so this means a scale a one or a two on our scale just getting started out being thankful is we need to think thankful thoughts so can anyone give me an example of a thankful thought when i get up in the morning I'm... I'm thankful it's warm in yeah, here today. That's good. I'm thankful it's warm in here today. Anybody else thankful for anything? Coffee and the girls who make it. The coffee and the girls who make it. We're very blessed that they're here today. All right. So... We, we can do this. We know how to do this. And we also talked about in that last message how often our thoughts are not thankful, and they lean towards self-pity and self-doubt. And we need to take those thoughts captive and replace them with thankful thoughts. And we can do that. We can think grateful thoughts toward God. But we decided we didn't want to stay there. I asked you guys if you were interested on a thankfulness on like a a three or a four on the thankfulness scale, and you guys were in. And I told you it was this. Turn over to Psalm 9. Verse 1 says, I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of the marvelous things you have done. I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of the marvelous things you have done. And you guys can see what's going on here. David is thankful And he's connected another expression of thankfulness. The first expression was, I'm going to think thankful thoughts. And the second expression is, he's taken a step up. I'm not just going to think the thankful thoughts. I'm going to tell people the thankful thoughts. I'm going to tell about it. And this puts you on a higher scale of thankfulness. It's a greater expression. And it really does come right after thinking about it. Because what you think about, very soon you talk about. You'll start talking about it more. So as we think thankful thoughts, now someone has asked to share some thankful thoughts this morning in the way of sharing their testimony. So if you want to share your testimony here, come on up, Marie. If you want to share your testimony here, you can get a hold of me and I'll find a good time for you to do it because we would love to hear it. So, everybody say hi to Marie. Hi,
0: Marie. Good to see everyone today. Um, So, just so you know, Pastor Matt didn't put me up to this. This is something the Lord put on my heart, and it just happened to work into his sermon. So, as you guys know, the Lord really has taken me on a journey since I started attending the well about a year ago, just about exactly, and I wanted to share that with you all, And as you know, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So I think it's very important to share your testimonies when the Lord is doing something. And it's still a continued work, but I just really felt like I was supposed to share. I remember coming in the first Sunday morning I attended church with my brokenness and need for healing in my heart and mind. The service was a bit of a blur, but I remember people greeting me and introducing themselves to me. Pastor Matt chatted with me for a bit and asked me if I needed anything. That's when the waterworks started, and a few people prayed for me and loved on me. I knew this would be a safe place for me to be, and I have been coming ever since. I was in a mental health crisis and needed a ton of help and support. At that time, I probably was only awake for about six hours a day and was often unable to get out of bed and function. I dragged myself to church because I knew I desperately needed it, But otherwise, I wasn't able to accomplish much. At first, it was really hard to reach out to God and accept, except for a help me. I was tormented with intrusive thoughts, filled with anxiety and depression. Part of the crisis involved needing different psychiatric medications, and I was receiving intensive counseling as well. I share this because I'm passionate about breaking away the shame and stigma surrounding taking medication or going to counseling for mental illness. You wouldn't tell a diabetic to not take medicine, so why would you tell someone with anxiety or depression to do that? My healing was taking longer than I anticipated. I was doing all the right things to get the help I needed to recover, but it really felt like a super slow progress. I was really discouraged that I was struggling so much, since I have training and counseling, yet I still needed other support. As time went on, things did start to get better with some ups and downs in between. I am thankful for the many people who have helped me in various ways and especially for the people that pointed me to the Lord. He is the lifter of our heads and people helped me to remember that in the moments that I could not remember that. Something the Lord taught me was that as much as I wanted to seek uh, him for my healing, he was asking me to lay that down and simply seek him first, as it says in Matthew 6.33. There's a Natalie Grant song that says, that's, uh, called More Than Anything. Um, and that spoke to me a lot. Uh, she sings, Help me want the healer more than the healing. Help me want the savior more than the saving. Help me want the giver more than the giving. God wanted me to focus on his goodness and character and not solely on his ability to heal me. Music played a big role in my journey and helped me carry me through sleepless nights and deep depression. Asking for help was also a key in getting to the other side of this crisis. It was so humbling but necessary. The enemy would have us isolate and get stuck in our head, but the Lord would have us stay in community for help and support to draw us closer to him and each other. Thank you, church family, for your love and kindness to me. As the Lord has strengthened me, I feel much more dependent on him, but I also know this is a lifelong journey of learning to lean on the Lord. God actually allowed a major support to fall through a few months ago, and it actually launched me into a deeper confidence that I was okay and was more capable than I thought. This is the best I have felt in over a year. Now that things have stabilized for me for a number of months, I've started pursuing and stepping into some new things. I'm going to start volunteering at Grandview Hospital to provide spiritual support to patients, and I'm pursuing some other exciting things for my future as well. I'm so thankful for the Lord carrying me through this dark season and providing the practical and spiritual support that I needed. It didn't exactly look like what I thought it should, but God knew what he was doing. At the end of our Christmas party, um, like a month ago now, um, I felt such a deep sense of feeling at home with my spiritual family here at the well. And I'm just really thankful for you guys and thank- thankful for the well. Um, and I just want to leave you with a poem that came to mind as I reflected on uh, this past year. Um, you've probably heard of it. It's called The Footprints in the Sand. One night I dreamed a dream. As I was walking along the beach with the Lord, across the dark sky flashed scenes from my life. For each scene I noticed two sets of footprints in the sand, one belonging to me and one to the Lord. After the last scene of my life flashed before me, I looked back at the footprints in the sand, I noticed that at many times along the path of my life, especially at the very lowest and saddest times, there was only one set of footprints. This really troubled me, so I asked the Lord about it. Lord, you said once I decided to follow you, you'd walk with me all the way. But I noticed that during the saddest and most troublesome times of my life, there was only one set of footprints. I don't understand why, when I needed you the most, you would leave me. He whispered, my precious child, I love you and will never leave you, never ever during your trials and testings. When you saw only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. Thank you, guys. Amen. Love you, guys. That's awesome.
1: Just go ahead and extend a hand towards Marie. We're going to bless what God's doing in her. So, Father, we just bless what you're doing in Marie. We ask for an increase that you would continue to move in her heart and in her mind, that she would become everything you created her to do. We thank you, Lord, that you're raising up a boldness there to step out and trust you. We pray for supernatural peace and rest and continued healing. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, thank you so much for sharing. So again, if you want to share your testimony, let me know, and we'll find a time for you to do it. So on our scale of gratitude, zero is unthankful. One to two on the scale is thinking thankful thoughts. Three to four is telling others those thankful thoughts, just like Marie just demonstrated. Now turn over to Psalm 7, and a lot of people are content to stay with the thinking and the telling. But there is still room to move up on the scale. And remember, the greater your expressions of gratitude, the greater and the more we triumph. So here's where we also lose some people. Psalm 717, the New Living Translation says, I will thank the Lord because He is just. I will sing. I will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. And see right there, A bunch of people are like, that's somebody else, that's not me. And we talked about this a lot a few weeks ago. And I believe we even said that if you sound like your voice sounds like cats killing each other, you still have the opportunity to contribute to the atmosphere of worship that exists in this place. That when we lift our voices together, when we gather together and we participate, we actually are a contributor. And you have the opportunity to contribute. Uh, Psalm 92.4 says, You thrill me, Lord, with all you've done. I sing for joy because of what you've done. So singing about it. We've gone from thinking about it to talking about it. And now it's getting so big on the inside of us, we've started singing about it, not just in church, but in your car, in your shower, in your living room. And are you thankful enough to open your mouth and let a song come out? You've got it inside of you. And one of the choices, and we talked about this, every Christian will make is, will I be a consumer or will I be a contributor? And you know, every one of us has the opportunity to contribute to the life and the atmosphere of praise and thanksgiving in this church. And hopefully you aren't just here to connect with people or hear the message. Hopefully you're coming to contribute, to connect with God, to glorify Him and thank Him. And we've said this as well. We are after uh, genuine expressions of worship, not perfect sounds. I think by who we let lead worship here, you should have figured that out a long time ago. We are after genuine expressions of worship, not perfect sounds. And I promise to never make you sing out in the microphone or put the microphone in front of you when you don't know it's happening. So anyway, turn over to Psalm 95. On our scale... Of 1 to ten, zero is ungrateful. 1 to 2 is thinking thankful thoughts. A 3 or a 4 is telling others those thankful thoughts. A 5 or a 6 is singing about it. Is anyone ready to move up to like a 7 or an 8? All right. So here's an interesting one. Some of you are going to love this. Some of you are like, that's not me. But I'm telling you, it's you. Psalm 95.1. If you're in like the NIV, the, the chapter heading says... A call to worship and obedience. So you either like that or don't like it, but that's what it says. Verse 1 says, O oh, come and let us sing to the Lord. So more singing. And that singing leads to this. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Some of you are already there. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to Him with psalms. For the Lord is great and a great God, a great King above all gods. So some of you thought it was bad when I was making you sing. We started thinking thankful thoughts, speaking those thoughts out loud, and then singing a song of the goodness of God. But there's a moment in your life where you're so full of gratitude for all that God has done and that He's doing. If you ever get a glimpse of what God wants to do in your life, then you probably will want to shout about it. This is more than just noise. It's a tone of victory. There's a sound of faith that comes in a shout. A shout is powerful. Sound moves atmospheres. It bounces around. It echoes. Have you guys ever felt sound? Mm -hmm. You've probably heard of LRADs, long-range acoustical devices. It's a weapon. Someone has figured out how to manipulate sound and sound waves in such a way they can stop an enemy 5,000 meters away with sound. They figured out that sound is a weapon. Your shout is a weapon. It's a weapon. So why do we shout? We shout because God is hard of hearing. No, that's not it. (laughs) It has nothing to do with that. Think about it more like this. Have you ever been sick? And I mean really sick. Would you say that the symptoms shout at you? I've been there. I know you have. We all have. They're just screaming loudly at you. Have you ever been behind financially? You've got a stack of bills sitting on a desk, maybe on the kitchen table. And every time you walk by, it's like they're talking to you. You can hear them. And they just keep getting louder and louder. So if you're like me, you shove them in a drawer. And you don't hear them until you lay down to go to sleep. Then they get pretty loud. So we shout not because God can't hear us. It's because sometimes we need our shout to drown out out doubt. We need to shout louder than our unbelief. That would be an awesome song if somebody would write that one. Uh, There's a point when a shout of praise, a shout of thanks, a shout of giving glory to God comes out of you because you want to be louder than the doubt and the unbelief, and they leave. There is an Old Testament example of what happens when the people of God shouted. And if you're too dignified to sing or too dignified to shout, that's okay. But it's possible walls are going to stay up. If you're too dignified to let out a shout, that's fine. We still want you to come here. Be part of what God's doing here. But know this, it's possible walls will not fall. This week, take a few minutes to study the battle of Jericho. It's in Joshua 5 and 6. God said, march around the city one time every day for six days. And he was very, very, very clear, don't say a word the first six days. Usually in the Bible, a don't talk from God is a clear sign that our voices of unbelief are not going to help us walk through the situation God is leading us through. Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, voiced unbelief to an angel, and he was literally struck mute. And in the battle of Jericho, God said, Every day walk around the city, but no talking. Let's see who can be quiet the longest. Don't speak. Don't voice any thoughts of fear or doubt or self pity, but go out. You march around. And you come back and then go do it again every day for a week. And on the seventh day, God said, I want you to march around seven times. And on the seventh time, I want you to let out a shout. And the trumpeters are going to let out a blast. And when you hear the blast, you're going to shout. So what's going on here? You've heard the expression, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Well, it's like if you can't let out some faith, then don't say anything at all. You stay quiet until you've got something to shout about. Don't speak doubts. Don't speak unbelief. belief. Don't say the symptoms. Don't give a voice to the lack. Wait until a shout is on the inside of you. Look at this shout as a weapon and let out a shout. And when they let out a shout, the walls fell flat. They took the city because of that shout. And there's a scripture in the New Testament. It's out of the ministry of Jesus. Turn over to Luke 17 has to do with some shouting. You guys will know this story. This is often a story that's used to talk to people and inspire them to be more grateful. And I want to show you something you may not have noticed before. Luke 17, 11 says, 10 healed of leprosy. Verse 11, As Jesus continued to Jerusalem, he He reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As He entered a village there, 10 men with leprosy, stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And he looked at them and said, Go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. And then verse 15 says, Now before I read this, and before you read ahead, some of you already have, we've heard this preached that the one guy came back and said, thanks, Jesus, right? We've heard this. But what it actually says in verse 15 is, one of them... When he saw he was healed, came back to Jesus and the word there should be shouting. Shouting praise God. It wasn't a little, excuse me Jesus, just wanted to say thank you. He was shouting. He fell on the ground at Jesus feet thanking him for what he had done, and then it says this man was a Samaritan. So it wasn't a small, excuse me Jesus, it was a shout. He was overcome with gratitude and it manifested in shouting. It wasn't dignified. And are we too dignified that we can't let out a shout? And if you're unwilling to let out a shout, maybe the walls will stay up. But if you're willing to let out a shout of praise and thanks, get ready to watch the the walls fall in Jesus' name. And when those walls come crumbling down, your shout will not just be a shout of war, it will be a shout of thanksgiving. It will be a shout of praise. If you're willing in the middle of a fight to let out a shout, If you're not too dignified when God does something good for you to come back and let out a shout of praise, a shout of giving thanks, that puts you up at a seven or an eight on the victory scale. When the city walls start falling, that's a lot of victory, but there's still more victory. Maybe victory at a nine or a 10 level. Anybody interested in what that looks like? So turn on over to Psalms 50. Do you want to know what the Psalms say gratitude looks like on the highest level? Turned all the way up. As we read this chapter, you will see that this is God speaking, not David. And verse 7 says, God speaking, Listen, my people, and I will speak. I will testify against you, Israel. I am your God, your God. I bring no charges against you concerning your sacrifices or concerning your burnt offerings, which are ever before me. So I'm going to read that again because we need to catch it. They are sacrificing to God, and He has no problem with the offerings they're bringing. They are bringing these offerings before God because He required it by His law. So verse 8 again says, I bring no charges against you concerning your sacrifices, or concerning your burnt offerings, which are ever before me. Now listen to what God says next. Verse 9, I have no need of a bull from your stall or goats from your pen, for every animal in the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. Verse 11 says, know every bird on the, I know every bird on the mountain, and the insects in the field are mine. Verse 12, if I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the whole world is mine and all that is in it. Verse 13 says, Do I eat the flesh of bulls and drink the blood of goats? So God does not require offerings from us because He needs anything. It also pleases Him when we bring a required offering. But what really moves Him is what we're going to read about in verse 14. Sacrifice, thank offerings to God. Fulfill your vows to the Most High God. And call on me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you will honor me. So one of the greatest, the highest expressions of gratitude is thankfulness. Expressions of gratitude and thankfulness is an offering. Our gratitude starts in our mind. We ponder and think about the things He's done, thinking thankful thoughts. And if you think about Him long enough, they turn into spoken words, giving glory to God, telling a testimony that inspires faith in someone else. Soon you will find yourself beginning to sing, making a melody in your heart to the Lord. Not long after that, a shout will rise up on the inside of you. But one of the highest, if not the highest forms and expressions of giving thanks to God is bringing an offering. He's specific here. He said thank offerings. And he's referring to a specific kind of offering. As you study the Old Testament, you'll see there's lots of different kinds of offerings. They had offerings that had to come in at a certain time and come in in a certain way and had to be a certain amount or a certain type. There were restrictions. There were regulations. There were even consequences to not fulfilling it exactly the way they were told to fulfill it. But there was one offering that was outside of all those requirements. And it was called a thank offering. It was a free will offering. It was the only offering that God told His people, bring what you want, bring it when you want, and bring it how you want to bring it. The only thing He's looking for in this offering is your heart. You see, as you study the Old Testament, there's times when people's hearts were stirred and they brought an offering for what God was doing. There's times when their hearts were stirred up, and they wanted to be part of what God was doing or building. God didn't require it of them, but they brought it anyway. So if you see God moving in your life and you're grateful, give a thank offering. If you see God doing something here or anywhere else and you want to be part of it, what he's building, act in thankfulness and sow an offering, a thank offering to be part of it. There's a verse in Deuteronomy. It's Deuteronomy chapter 16. And he's talking about the thank offering. Deuteronomy 16.10. It said, Do this by bringing him some special gift you want to bring. Decide how much to give by thinking about how much the Lord your God has blessed you. Do this by bringing him some special gift you want to bring. Decide how much to give by thinking about how much the Lord your God Has blessed you. So, how do you know how much to give in a thank offering? The Lord isn't telling you what to do. This is an offering in response to what He's done. So, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to give a thank offering? It's easy. You decide how much to give by thinking about how much the Lord your God has blessed you. Your offering is an expression of your gratitude for what He's done for you. So, we're going to spend more time this year talking about living a lifestyle of gratitude and what it looks like. If you're a person that struggles to give, it may be an indicator that you aren't grateful or as grateful as you should be. And I know this is what I've seen in my, my own life. When it was hard for me to write a check, my thoughts have moved on from gratitude to God. And if you're ready, take some time this week And decide how to respond to what God has done for you. And then start with thinking thankful thoughts. So at the end of the service today, and we are at the end, we want to dedicate the blessing box. I'm not going to drag you guys outside to see it. But what I would love is if you could just take a moment and grab something from the counter. Whether you brought it or not, take it back to your seat. And we'll go ahead and do that together. So we're going to do an activity uh, together with the item you have in your hand. And then I'm going to ask you to, on your way out or after the service, place it outside in the box. And don't be offended when one of us that likes things all facing the same way reorganizes it. All right? It's going to happen. But, but here we're, we're talking about thankfulness. We've been talking about thankfulness and gratitude. And here we are, a people that are going to leave food for people that don't have food. And I'm hoping for each one of us that's coming out of our abundance. If you don't have food, let me know. We will fix that one quick. What I want to do is I want you guys to go ahead and close your eyes, hold that food item in your hand, take a moment and think thankful thoughts to God. I'm going to go ahead and read the verse from 2 Corinthians 2 that we already read. I'm going to read it in a few different versions as you think about how grateful you are. Now thanks be to God who makes us triumph in Christ and by us makes manifest the savor of his knowledge in every place. Now thanks be unto God which always causeth us to triumph in Christ. But thanks be to God, who always leads us to triumph in Christ and through us spreads and makes evident the sweet fragrance of the knowledge of Him. I am grateful to God. I am grateful that God always makes it possible for Christ to lead us in victory. But I thank God who always leads us to victory because of Christ. Wherever we go, God uses us to make clear what it means to know Christ. It is like a fragrance that fills the air. So Father, we thank You that You're calling us to new levels of thankfulness and gratitude. We ask that as we... uh, move forward from this place, you'll give us even more creative ways to be an expression, a fragrance that fills the air that draws others to you. And we thank you, Lord, that this community has come together to start to begin to feed those that are hungry in our community. We're so grateful that the opportunity is here, that the provision is here, that the vision came here. So Lord, we pray that you would lead people to that place to be fed, that the word would spread to those who need to hear it, that they would feel your love and sense your presence as they partake in the food that we leave there. And we pray, Lord, that we would have an opportunity to impact every life and to see you move in their lives as well. And we thank you for everything you're doing among us. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Alright, so when you get a chance, go ahead and put that out there and uh, just continue to pray over the items. Have a great week. Thanks for taking the time to listen. We're glad that what the Lord is doing among us encourages you. For more info about the church, follow us on Facebook or connect with us on Instagram. Visit dwellatthewell.com or come out and see us on a Sunday morning. 228 Ridge Avenue, Satterton, Pennsylvania.
0: I'm digging a well, I'm digging a well right here I'm digging a well in the valley of my weeping I'm digging a well in my tears I'm digging a well